I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you want to hear more from us, head on over to patreon.com slash total reboot there you can sign up for just five dollars a month to our exclusive patreon where you'll get access to bonus episodes of a new podcast called reboot riffs it's a podcast where cameron and i pitch our ideas for how we think classic films should be rebooted remade and reimagined including back to the future and dracula so you can head on over to patreon.com slash total reboot to get access to all that and even more for just five bucks a month. Hey babies, before we start the show, I just wanted to quickly say I'm doing a one-off encore performance of my stand-up show Chilled Out, Fired Up in Sydney on the 20th of August. That's the show that I was touring around earlier in the year. I'm doing one more show of it at the Enmore Theatre Comedy Club because... I'm recording a comedy album and I would love you to come because I goddamn love comedy albums and most important ingredient of a comedy album is the fucking audience, which would be you. You can Google it or it's in the show notes right now so you can just look at it on your phone that you're holding and use the promo code YEARBABY to get cheaper tickets for you. So that's yeah, baby, all one word, cheaper tickets. Love you to come. Bye-bye. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast that Mike buys. And Horny babies, welcome to another episode of Mike Check Season 2, bitch, where we go through the entire works of not only Mike Myers, but the most notable of all SNL alumni. We've been going through a little series called Murphy's Floor. We are going through the films of Eddie Murphy, the brightest star to ever shoot out of SNL's pussy hole. <laughs> <laughs> And to find out where he went wrong, where is that titular Murphy's floor? My name is Alexis Toliopoulos, and joining me as always is Dr. Cameron James. MD. Yeah. Massive dick. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're 30 seconds in. I should have. I should be holding off on this goal. Well, I said pussy hole immediately. That's true. Once you said that, it opened up the doors to me to say my... Famously hilarious mm. MD joke. It's funny you say open up the doors because Eddie Murphy is a guy that opened the doors for many people. Who? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All those that came after him. <laughs> Mike Myers, I guess. Oh, right. People from SNL. People from SNL. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, before we dive right into this, I have a question. SNL, what is that? SNL stands for Saturday Night Live. Okay. And it is an iconic comedy program, nay, comedy institution from the United States of America, put together by known Canadian Lorne Michaels. Lorne, <laughs> that sounds like sort of, I don't know, somebody's front yard. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, hey, get off of my lawn. Hey, kids, get he's, off the lawn. He's my lawn. Get off the lawn, Michaels. <laughs> That's me talking to my twin sons, Michaels. both named Michael. <laughs> yeah, one Easier. named after Michael Jackson, one named after Michael Myers, the t- most evil <laughs> villain of all time. <laughs> so today we're mainly we're talking about uh, Eddie Murphy's probably second big film. Sure, it's early in the canon. This guy had yet to really 
prove whether he can even have a flaw. Mm. At this point, it's like, okay, he bursts out of the gate with 48 hours. Bonafide movie star. Yeah. This guy's got the goods. He's like 20 years old. He's 20... That's two decades. Yeah. That's how long he's been alive for. Me? Not long. I've been alive for three decades. You've been alive for three decades, and of course, you've starred in more movies than Eddie Murphy had at yeah, that point. Yeah, obviously. You're I a have. bigger star, but you've had more yeah, years. I've had 10 years. <laughs> you've I've had 10, 10 years, years on, on the him. guy. So it's impressive what he did then, but sure, it's not that impressive when you compare it to a 30 year old's achievements. Yeah, obviously, anyone who's older than you is better than you. It's true. That's they've some, had more time on this earth. They've had more time on this rock that we call planet Earth. Yes, and some call the third rock. From the sun. I mean, I guess if you're John Lithgow, that is. <laughs> but before we get into <laughs> so what I was trying to say is that he hadn't really dropped the ball yet. Yes, and of course, John Lithgow is a bigger star than Eddie Murphy's had more time on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy's in his dare I say seventies or something. Late 60s, early 70s. He's definitely grey and bald. Grey, bald, loose skin. (laughs) That means more successful. Exactly. If you look at the oldest kind of (laughs) live, they are more famous than Justin Bieber. (laughs) I mean, who's the oldest guy alive? Probably like Mel Brooks or something. Yeah, probably Mel Brooks. I think Mel Brooks is the oldest man. He's a 2,000-year-old man. Exactly. He's the oldest man that's ever lived on Earth. Yeah. And he's so famous. He's so absolutely so famous. Yeah, he's more, more famous than I don't know if I've said this yet. Justin Bieber. He's more famous than Justin Bieber. He's he's more famous than <laughs> Jesus, goddamn Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I go straight to hell that I said Jesus, goddamn Christ? Yeah, you just got a one way ticket to hell. Well, VIP star. I can't wait to meet John Belushi while I'm down there. <laughs> the guy will be partying up a storm. Wish he was in this movie that we're talking about today. Sadly, it were not meant to be. Now, the movie we are talking about today stars John Belushi's best friend and brother, Danny Aykroyd. And James Belushi as well. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Trading Places, yep. which is another big hit. For Eddie, directed by John Landis, the man of the freaking decade. Speaking of trading places, would you have trade places between Dan Aykroyd and John, John, John Belushi if you could? Would I trade places with either of those guys? No, would you get Dan Aykroyd to trade places with John <laughs> Belushi? <laughs> uh, let's think about what the world could have been like if they had traded places IRL. Well, I mean, for, for starters, we wouldn't have my favorite brand of vodka. Crystal Head. I love that shit. Yeah. Is it Crystal Head or Crystal Skull? Who gives a fuck? I know you You literally have a bottle, like the leftover bottle of one, like in my eyesight. It's not a real it's one. It's a knockoff? It's a knockoff. Oh, it's not shaped after Dan Aykroyd's own skull? Yeah, yeah the Crystal Skull... From Crystal Skull Vodka is modelled on Danny Aykroyd's That's own why. cranium. They're so top heavy. He's got a huge forehead. <laughs> he's got a noggin. Yeah, he's got quite the noggin. Yeah, if I could get them to trade places, yeah, hell yeah, of course. I want Johnny mm. Belushi running around in this world, making yeah. great movies. Sadly, he did transform into a slimer ghost. Yeah. And that was his final role. That was his final form. Anyway, we've got a little <laughs> bit of news to report on the front of our dear hero, Mike Myers. That's right. Before we talk about the movie, it's time for our most famous segment on this show. Everyone loves it. It's hilarious. It's cool. It's rocking and rolling. We're talking, of course, about Breckenmeyer news. So hit me with that Breckenmeyer news. That okay. So Breckenmeyer, if you're not familiar, his name sounds exactly like our segment, Breaking Myers News. So often we do get confused as to which one we are, in fact, referring to. Have I. Fucked up. You again. have fucked okay, it up. Okay, sorry. Um, you have fucked it up. Well, do so. you have any Breckenmeyer news? Uh, well, I guess um, <laughs> here's the first thing when I type Breckenmeyer into news. Um, then and now, the cast of Clueless 23 years later. Whoa. So there's a photo of Breckenmeyer. Can you believe it's been 23 years? <laughs> yeah. It feels like a movie from the 90s. So, so then and now, of course, Brittany Murphy stars as Ty Fraser. Oh. So that's her then. Now, tragically, What's she died in 2009 <laughs> from pneumonia, which oh, is really sad. So why really would sad. you write this article? <laughs> why abs- Absolutely, why would you write this article? I'm going to run oh, through name? everyone for you. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Murphy, tragically, we lost her. Paul Rudd, 
Antman. Yeah. What's um what's um freaking uh Stacy Dash up to? Oh, she's insane. Yeah. Oh, what's um what's freaking Alicia Sil- oh, she's in the new Diane Keaton movie for five seconds. Yeah, nothing to report on this article, which sucks. Freaking Meyer. Okay, let's see what Freaking Meyer's up to. Out for listed. dinner with Ryan Philippe. Okay, so Brecken Meyer had a small role as Travis Birkenstock in the movie. He played the pothead skater who fell in love with Ty. Meyer recently had a recurring role. That's Brecken Meyer, by the way. <laughs> had a role on ABC's Designated Survivor. Meyer has, was featured in a number of early 2000s comedies like La Rat Race, Road Trip. That's not where he's he is now. He's also done a lot of voiceover work on animated shows like Robot Chicken and King of the Hill. Again, that's not where he is now. That's where he was then. So basically, like every week when we do Brecken Meyer news, <laughs> There's nothing to report. it's us saying he was also in Rat Race, Road Trip, and he did Robot Chicken voices. <laughs> Much like this article has stated. <laughs> but in other news, breaking Myers news, Here we go. Mike Myers finally finds a buyer for second Soho apartment. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth floor unit at 72 okay. Mercer Street had most recently been on the market for four million beans. Canadian comedy legend Mike Myers, the Saturday Night Live alum, famed for Wayneswell and Austin Powers, is in fact, in contract to sell his Soho home. The final purchase price isn't yet available, but the fifth floor unit at 72 Mercer Street had most recently been on the market for $4 million. The 2,133 square foot condo comes with two bedrooms, 11 plus foot ceilings, a gas fireplace, and lots of lights. Myers now lives outside the city with his wife Kelly and their three kids. The listing brokers were Leonard Steinberg, Hervey Senquia, Amy, Amy Medinzabel, and Kelly Sarkresh of Compass. I think maybe we should get in touch with uh, those... <laughs> yeah, with Fanny or whatever those guys' names were. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd love to find out more. What's more... the skinny on Mike's apartment? How, what's the way in? Floors. Are they wood? Yeah. Do you, is there or a, is it lino? Is there an air vent, an air duct that can fit two young men crawling through them? Do you have a hidden compartment behind a bookcase where you have to pull a book mm. and it moves open like a door and there's a secret room in there. Is there a is panic there a room? Is there is a lair? There a lair? <laughs> Does he have a man cave? <laughs> What's going on? I want to go Do you have a forwarding address for his mail that I can have? Did you meet him? What's he like in person? What's his skin like? Could you see his wrists? Was his sleeves too long? Does he buy his clothes off the rack? Are they tailored? <laughs> Second Mike Myers news story. We've got two this week. Whoa. Um, Stan Makita, Wayne's World star Mike Myers, pays tribute to the hockey legend. So Stan Makita, hockey legend, yeah. passed away this week. Oh, very, very sadly. Tragically, tragically, we did lose Stan Makita. And Stan Makita, if you're not a fan of hockey like I am, um, not a fan of. <laughs> he was a di- he was a Toronto Maple Leafs legend, and he w- was propelled back into pop culture spotlight with the hit 1992 comedy centering the story around the fictional Stan Makita's Donuts in Aurora, Illinois. That is, of course, Wayne's World, written yeah. by Mike Myers. Seen it. Yeah. So Seen it's it heaps of times. I'll find the words that Mike said, and I'll read them in an impression of him. He was a hockey legend and a gentleman, baby. <laughs> Meeting him was one of the highlights of my life, Myers said in a statement to USA Today. I was humbled in his presence. I didn't know what to say because I got very starstruck around hockey players. It was a very fascinating, fantastic experience. Mm, Freaking hell. Wait a second. <laughs> a dream come true to have Stan Makita be part of it. Donkey. <laughs> so the last one was Shrek. Yes. <laughs> didn't really sound like Shrek. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. You I'm don't know how to do Scottish? To do I'm too scared to do a Shrek uh, impression. You're, f- you're, you're way too scared. I don't want to fans. offend our Scottish fans. Yeah, fair enough. I actually hope they get offended. Okay, we're edgy. I'm I like not, to court I'm controversy. I'm safe. I like to court niceness. <laughs> and people like me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's some great Myers news. I mean, I'm very sad that we lost Dan Makita. He's a great player, great man. I loved his... Uh, loved his donuts. Donuts, big time. Loved his donuts. Obsessed with these donuts. Um, the first one, though, I think is my favorite bit of news because that means we are open to potentially Mike Check Season 3. Yeah. We are buying Mike Myers' old house. <laughs> we, well, it's been sold. He well, found a buyer. Oh, well. That's where I reveal 
Cameron, I bought my Myers $4 million apartment. How did you afford that? Oh, I'm in debt. Oh, dude. I took out a loan oh, that's from a the mafia. Loan. The bank wouldn't lend me money. What the shit? You're in with the mob? Yeah, yeah, I'm in with the mob. Oh, dude. Are you made? I've got freaking made. You got made? I got freaking made. Okay, dude. <laughs> oh, I borrowed no. $4 million and they said, okay, you've been made. Welcome to the family. I'm oh, like, my oh, God. Oh, no. Did you they s- made me burn a freaking saint in my hands. You took Omerta? I took Omerta, <laughs> dude. I shouldn't even be saying this kind of thing. Oh, this is wild Oh, stuff. my gosh. Oof, Maroon. Oh, gosh. Oh, good golly gosh. I think it's time that we dive right into Murphy's floor so you can forget all your troubles. I hope so. Here we go. Dan Aykroyd. This man is physically threatening me. And Eddie Murphy. (laughs) By trading places. Find out. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. This is a great, great mistake. It looks just like the dude that had me busted. It was the Dukes. It was the Dukes. You're a dead man, Valentine! Trading Places, 1983, directed by John Landis. A snobbish investor and a wily street con artist find their positions reversed as part of a bet by two callous millionaires. Hmm. Had you seen Trading Places before? Yep. I saw it pretty recently, actually, probably like really? within the last five years. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, then, I Maybe guess. Maybe like within the last five or 15 years. Yeah, I guess. So I pretty recently. S- I've seen it pretty recently. I think I saw it when I was 16 years old. Yeah, I think I might have seen it sometime in the last 20 to 30 years. Yeah, definitely. Recently, though, like within yeah. my lifetime. Recent- <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, 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 yeah. I had seen it probably in the last couple of years. And... Um, I only saw it because of its legacy. Yeah. I only saw it because it was one of those ones that people talk about as like an 80s classic. Classic 80s comedy. And I... Well, I want to ask you. Yeah. Do you like this movie? Um, well, I think I think I thought I liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I dislike this movie. I think when this movie is cooking and it's tasting great, it's great. There are moments that are great in this film. When you pop this movie in the oven and yeah. it starts to broil in its own juice. And you're seeing that crispiness. You're like, that's a bit of Eddie. You're seeing a little bit though. of bubbling. You're like, hey, maybe that's some Jamie Lee Curtis bubbling over there. Then you get and then in the that fat smell. starts to ooze out from underneath <laughs> and you think, ah, Ackroyd. <laughs> this, this big pasta festival is going to be forward. It's definitely that Ackroyd. <laughs> and you see, and then you're like smelling that. Gorgeous gourmet smell coming out of the oven. And you go, like, ah, Denim Elliot. Denim Elliot. A little bit of Donamishi is happening mm, over here. Mm. Um, but then when it's like f- bad, this movie is very, very bad. While it's cooking, it smells great. Yeah. You're excited for the meal. Yes. The meal itself is fine, yeah. but the leftovers taste oh, like shit. <laughs> they're saggy. They're droopy. It does not... Keep well in the fridge. No way. It's no. papery at best. It's not a good... You know what I reckon is good about it? Mm. Um, is the first, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. First 40 <laughs> minutes is brilliant. Yeah. It's a great movie, that first 40 minutes. You know what I think is one of the most heinous um, things I've ever seen? Probably the last 40 minutes. Yeah, I don't disagree. That I just There's a good top... It's like a. It's like you're having a sandwich. The top half of the sandwich is just beautiful gourmet bread. Yeah. <laughs> the so middle... you're using like Helga's if you're a basic beer. <laughs> yeah. Or if you, you know, you like to go to your bakeries like Sonoma. It's a nice yes. ride from it's Sonoma. It's a delicious, beautiful top half. And it's Center. crispy. <laughs> crispy. Just it's delicious. Soft, soft as a pillow. It's sweet. In the of it's it. salty. It's everything that you could dream of. The yeah. texture. It's airy. It's like a cloud. It's like I'm eating a freaking cloud. It's like, and I've dreamt of eating a cloud many times. And then when you then the middle. Where's your pillow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sadly, I did swallow it. <laughs> like a bubble constrictor, slowly sliding it down my body, full in one go. Then on the middle, you got some good little food, like you got maybe a salami. Oh, and some... can I say we've got we've got suppressor, spicy yeah, suppressor. It's not top Eddie. of the range. It's good. It's very, very good. Uh, yeah, Eddie. Actually, maybe the salami is top end. It's beautiful suppressor. It's spicy. It's yep. got peppercorns in it. It's Eddie. Then you've it's got... It's pure Eddie. It's pure Eddie. It's the best you can get. <laughs> then you've got a slice of the finest Devon bologna that has ever lived. Sure. Dan Aykroyd's. Dan Aykroyd, sure. It's the best Devon in the world. It's the best of the canned uh, Processed meats. meats. It's the, absolutely <laughs> the best of a can of ham that there is. 
And then, of course, a beautiful slice of Swiss cheese, Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. Denim Elliott, cos lettuce. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Why? Because you've got to get lettuce. <laughs> then you got a nice flavouring of salt that's Donanishi <laughs> and Bellamy, whatever that guy's name is, Ralph Bellamy. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. good little things here and there. Then the bottom, it's someone took his shit and it got hard. And you go, excuse me, where's the other bit of bread for this sandwich? Because the top bit, it's like... A cloud. I don't know if I've yeah. said this yet. It's, it's like I'm eating a freaking cloud. But then I I grab the bottom of the sandwich with my thumbs and it's dog shit. Someone's put dog shit here in place my of bread. My hand sunk into dog shit <laughs> of the sandwich. It's not even bread on the bottom now. I mean, all I could see when I was going to purchase the sandwiches in the window was all the stuff I liked. Yeah, I didn't the realize... dog shit was hidden underneath. <laughs> There's dog shit on this sandwich. There's like a corn in here that looks like it's Dan Aykroyd doing blackface. <laughs> It's blackened. It's charred. Okay. There's a lot in the back end that sucks um, to the point that I was hesitant to revisit it. Yeah. I haven't revisited it since until today. Yeah. And uh, it's exactly how I remembered it. I <laughs> See, I remembered the infamous gorilla rape scene. Yeah, which can I say is something that makes me feel furious mm. and angry to my yes, core. to your damn core. Oh. Maybe we'll just talk about the infamous gorilla rape scene at the top. Yeah, let's open this podcast with a frank discussion of gorilla rape. Well, I think we should open the podcast with a segment of Breck and Meyer news. <laughs> <laughs> and then talk about Mike Meyer's apartment and then a hockey player dying. Then we get into gorilla rape. Okay, all right. Well, then let's go back and record we'll all, record that, other all stuff. that stuff. Okay. Okay, cool. And then now let's dive right into my favorite segment gorilla rape? Yes or no? Um, well, it did happen, so it's mm. a yes, I guess. It did happen in this movie. So, the spoiler alert for anyone who has not seen Trading Places, um, the bad guy in this movie... Clarence Beeks, who is played by Paul Gleason. Paul Gleason's character. His... Look, it's not uncommon in a comedy movie for the bad guy to get his comeuppance. Yeah. This character... It is uncommon for the bad guy <laughs> to get come up himself from a gorilla. <laughs> So, the way that this bad guy is punished is that he is dressed in a gorilla costume. There's Mm -hmm. context for this, but who gives a shit? And locked into a cage with an actual gorilla. Yeah. That then... does not look like a real gorilla whatsoever. No, it looks like animatronics. It looks slightly worse than the costume gorilla almost. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the real gorilla rapes the guy dressed in a gorilla costume for like 48 hours. Straight. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte style, baby, 48 hours. <laughs> and that's like kind of the end of the movie. It's like the end The end tag of the movie. Is that they get shipped off to Africa together to be reintroduced into the wild. And then, uh, yeah, so he's like stuck in a cage for like three weeks or something yeah. with this gorilla that keeps raping him. He gets stuck in there for <laughs> 28 days, Sandra Bullock style. <laughs> It's um, it's really. How do you feel about this? How does this make you feel? Oh, it made me so proud watching that <laughs> scene happen. No, I hate that. It's so bad. I hate I remembered it. how bad the gorilla looks. Like the gorilla looks yeah. awful. Yeah, I just think there's there's actually a weird precedent for um, the villain villains being raped by animals in comedy movies. Mm. Have you have you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's like a sort of no. weird trope. I'll give you two other examples. One of them is another Eddie Murphy movie. Yep. The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Oh my God, I thought you were going to talk about Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Yep. The bad guy gets raped by a giant hamster. Oh my God, okay. And in um, Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls, yeah. the bad guy gets raped by gorillas at the end. That's how the movie ends. Wow. With the bad guy getting raped by a bunch I of gorillas. I guess also Harry Potter and The Order of the Phoenix, Imelda Staunton's character... Who is played by who? Uh, who plays um, the evil woman? Can't remember mm. her name. She, Dolores Umbridge. Dolores Umbridge gets taken away by the centaurs, and so maybe they're not one hundred percent animal. They're fifty percent. Are they going to rape her in that? Centaurs are famous for that kind of thing. Raping. Yes, I didn't know that. So it can be that. <laughs> I, it actually it's make it makes me like I know that it's supposed to be funny. No, like the, how can that be? The funny joke though? is like, look at this guy. He was so evil, and now he's going to suffer the greatest punishment of all time. Like, yeah. the greatest thing that the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being is going to happen to this guy yep. for ages. And I guess that's like supposed to be funny, 
But um, it's it so just bad. puts the worst taste in my mouth, and I imagine his. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh my so it's so sickening. Honestly, the, what, it's made me rethink this whole movie. Yeah, exactly. The first time I saw it, I was loving it. Yeah, up until the last like twenty minutes when that yeah. sort of stuff starts happening. But now on this second rewatch this morning, all I can see is the evilness of this movie, and it- that it is. Mucky and dirty it and gross. Colors the whole film because also in that back end sequence we do. And when you say back end, <laughs> I am talking about the famous sequence. Uh, the, when the, the towards the end of the film, there is like all this shit in it, like uh, Dan Aykroyd dressed as a f- <laughs> he, like Bob Marley. Yeah, he, he does, basically uh... is wearing a denim jacket. He's got long black hair. He does have a Rastafarian hat on. And what's and, on his face? Well, his face and hands <laughs> are completely uh, painted with black. Yes. He And he's doing a full-on Jamaican accent. Mm-hmm. And if anyone can get away with it, it's not Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of shit like that in the back end, but let's also not forget that this movie is predicated on two evil white men. Yeah. Who just want to toy with people's lives? Yeah, it's like it's actually gross when you watch it yeah. now, and you realize that the whole movie is just let's put let's really punish these two people. Mm. Like it, Dan it, Aykroyd's, he's a bad, he's like a shithead at the start of the movie. He's like a snobby, annoying asshole, but he's not evil. He plays Louis Winthrop the third. He just plays a, a snobby Like a shithead. Like a he's snobby bad. Shithead. He's not good. Because remember the movie yeah. does begin with... Well, it doesn't begin with him, but we see him uh, receive... Uh, or he, we see him accuse Eddie Murphy's character of stealing his bag. Yeah, he's when he like a, a snobby white shithead, but he's not evil. And yet they spend the whole movie just like destroying his life bit by bit. They yeah. make his fiance hate him, they take him out of his house, they lose his job, they turn his friends on him. Yeah. His friends, by the way, are already the worst cunts I've ever seen on the yeah. screen. <laughs> it's, it's, it is very much in the tradition of other 80s comedies that we have covered in this mm-hmm. season two of Mike Check, uh, also directed by John Landis. It's so much like Caddyshack. It's yeah. so much. Well, he didn't do Caddyshack, slobs. but you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, or even, um, yeah, mm. like Animal House. Animal like, House. Slobs were snobs. The snobs are the ones that are being made fun of here. But in this movie the snobs like almost win like in a way those two white guys uh, anyway whatever and then there's like so much weird hatred towards black people mm. and i know like the joke is on white guys yeah old white guys who are racist but it's in there so much that it's fucking weirdly uncomfortable for mm. me yeah it's such an it's an odd film because i think at its heart, it's trying to be... It has this progressive slant. It has this mm. leftist slant where it is about nature versus nurture and mm. how it is, how uh, it becomes a movie about once you have something, you're afraid to lose it yeah. and stuff like that. And so it is about the cultural divide. It is about how... Class warfare. Class warfare. It is about how your upbringing can make you a certain way mm. and all your your position in life can make you a certain way. There's also weirdly, um, for the time too, like anti-Wall Street, which is pretty yeah. rare, I guess. Like yeah. it's 
about how corrupt Wall Street is and stock trading, so much so that law like there's been laws passed since this movie came out that yeah. stops people from doing the sort of trading that happens in this movie. Of course, called Murphy's Law. <laughs> it is called the Eddie Murphy Law. Yeah, is it actually? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh my god, really? <laughs> like it was named after this movie. Wow, that's yeah. so weird. Um, so it's like cool that you're watching this pretty lefty movie that's like anti corporate greed, blah blah blah, but. <laughs> it's scrubby like, like, It's gross It's like this weirdly cynical evil movie I can't get on board with it Yeah, it's such a grubby movie I, I, It's hard to enjoy when it's not about Eddie Murphy as well yeah. Because that the when the whole thing about the mm. movie is it's about trading places yeah. We see these two The movie's called Trading Places Yeah, the movie's called Trading Places Look it up online And the two characters... Um, perform the titular trading place. Yes. So the Dukes, who are sorry, Ralph just, Bellamy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before we move on to that, yeah. When I say titular, I just want to confirm. Cameron, I'm... are you talking about titular the the porno parody? No, of that's Dracula? what I'm. Tr- that's what I'm trying to confirm here. I I I said the word titular yes. in reference to the title of this movie. Yeah. And I realized as I said it that it sounded very similar to titular. Titular, who of course is the famous porno character yeah. from the parody of Dracula called Titula. Yes. And she has fangs for nipples. Yeah. And with blood and stuff dripping out of them. Yeah. And she's pretty badass. How can she she can only be killed by it has to be a man of <laughs> a wooden dick who has to fuck her yeah. in the heart. Yep, yep, yep. You have to fuck her in the heart. So I wasn't trying to evoke that. Yep. I wasn't. I wouldn't even dream of it. The crazy other thing about Titular, I don't know if we've talked about on this, is when she transforms to a bat, when she flies away, her wings go like... Fap, 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 fap. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't been covered. We haven't talked about that, but that is one of the most yeah. notable things about Titular. It's kind of weird we haven't reviewed Titular. We should review Titular one day. Yeah. I love that movie. It was so important to me growing up. Yeah, it taught me a thing or two. It taught me a thing or three, if you ask me. <laughs> I learned a lot from Titular. I let's just say when you put that VHS in my VHS yeah. player, it goes a bit fuzzy over a few. Scenes. Yeah, there's a few things that are pause and have a little bit of a VHS rubbing. We call it. Yeah. it's pretty crazy. I did a little rubbing myself. I mean, I don't got, want to say what I'm. I mean, it's got other say. iconic characters like Bang Helsing and stuff like that that we barely <laughs> talked about. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I uh, mean, Bang Helsing is awesome. Bang Helsing is cool. Um, there's the Wolfman who not only howls at the moon, he growls at the poon. <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff in that movie. Yeah, and it's like everyone has their their memories of Titular and their yeah. stories. Are, you know, and it's so sad when we did lose her, but it was great to see everyone come together and share at the funeral. Yeah, just at the funeral, we were. <laughs> We were there. It was televised. Yeah. Nick Cave sang Into My Arms. Because <laughs> he's just a fan of the movie. He was a big fan. A lot of people are, are big fans. Of, and, and Titular like, opened a lot of doors. <laughs> <laughs> and she had a lot of doors open for her because tragically she did have no hands at the end. Yeah, she was. I don't really want to get By into it. By Titular 12, she had no hands. Yeah, it's really She'd sad. used them all up, people said. <laughs> She'd withered them down to nubs. <laughs> but there was, it was a star-studded funeral. Tom Sizemore was there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we knew from titular three and four he was in those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and a great performance by him. <laughs> yeah, in those movies and at the funeral. And at the he funeral. did a monologue. He did the, yeah, they didn't have eulogies. They had a monologue. Yeah, they got a lot of the best stars that knew titular. Yeah, um, Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Was there uh, currently on The Affair, which yeah. you should all be watching. It's a great show. You should be watching <laughs> The Affair. Teacher would have loved it. Yeah, he was He was uh, a fan, I yeah. think. And he, he had some nice things to say and do, and he did them. He did a lot. He, he got his start in the titular films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he played I, son of titular. <laughs> Dickular. Yeah, Dickular. Yeah. He's actually got a fang for a dick, surprisingly. <laughs> Anyway, that's not what I was trying to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I no. was saying titular is in the uh, the title oh, characters the, of the of trading places, of the film trading places. Yeah, you're talking uh, about the titular moment when they trade places. Yes. So they do trade places. 
We've got Dan Aykroyd, top of the world. He's next in line to be a rich guy. Very, very this rich guy. This guy is so rich, he has a freaking butler. Yeah, played by Denim Elliott, who he, is Indiana Jones' best friend. He has a... This is how rich this guy is. He has a fiancé named Penelope. Only rich people can date someone named Penelope. Yes. I dated a marionette called Penelope for many years. <laughs> really? Yes, from Thunderbirds. Excellent. Great. Uh, but he's rich. He lives in a mansion in Philadelphia. Yeah. One of those famous Philly mansions. Yeah. I think the setting in this film is lovely. <laughs> I think Philly is awesome. It looks great in this movie. It's uh, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the opening sequence where you... You re- it really does set up the differences in yeah. class in this city. It sets up this beautiful working it's class a good thing. Montage. It sets up all the kind of not Wall Street, but mm. the the banking yeah. scene there as well. Because yeah. Philadelphia is a beautiful city. It's one of the first cities in America, so all the architecture is yeah. stunning and old and beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then it's also demonstrate the class divide there. Mm. And it's like every John Landis movie begins with a stunning montage establishing the city we're in, mm. just like. Uh, Blues Brothers did with Chicago. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Eddie Murphy, he's in it as mm-hmm. a homeless young gentleman. A young con man who hides uh, behind various characters in order to get money on the street. One of which is a, a Vietnam veteran. Yes. Blind and... No legs. No legs. Much how titular had no hands. <laughs> And uh, and then they have to trade places. Yeah, because <laughs> that's so the that's movie. the movie. Thank that's you for listening movie. to the podcast. That's the movie. Congratulations. Yeah. Now let me say something I liked about this movie. Yeah. Is when they traded places. It's fascinating. Finally, when they finally got to trade places, um, Eddie's bits were awesome. Yeah, because it, it's more entertaining to see Eddie go to the upper class yeah. world. Because you're seeing, I thought it was very funny, every room that he goes into, he's stealing stuff from the room that with his pockets. That was my favourite sequence of the movie, is that he keeps thinking that he's it's a practical joke, and so he is putting things in his pockets And he's listening he to them and going on with them, yeah, but then yeah, it's like, no, there's, no, he's no, also no. not listening to yeah. them, he's just stealing everything that he Really inside. funny scene. Very, very funny. I actually could have watched a whole movie of just that premise without the... Dan Aykroyd story. Yeah, just people talking at Eddie Murphy. He's not listening <laughs> to them. He's not blinking. He's taking everything, not breaking eye contact with them. Like, it, I would, I reckon it would be a better movie if it's just he, there's this poor street urchin played yep. by Edward Murphy. Yes. And so, these, like a Mr. Deeds scenario. Mr. Deeds or like Brewster's Millions. Yeah. And these rich guys as a bet or whatever go, I bet we couldn't make that guy a successful banker. Yeah. And then we just watch him enter this upper class world and prove himself and then outsmart the old white guys. Mm. And then by the end of the movie, he finds a good middle ground between rich and poor yep. and he learns his lesson and blah, blah, blah. I don't even really care about watching Dan Aykroyd's downward spiral from snob to slob. There's some funny moments, but for the most part, it's not... I don't know. It's just not as entertaining because yeah. we are in that that area of comedic juxtaposition between these two people. It's like, and it, like, Balance-wise, I get it. It makes sense. But there's something about it just felt too sad for well, me. Well, can I ask you a question? Please. I pray you ask. I've been dreaming of the day you'd ask me a question. Okay. Well, we. Um, it's my pleasure to interview you today, by the way. <laughs> I'm so excited. Thanks. But uh, it is a point. That we have not done a Dan Aykroyd podcast yet. Yeah. We did talk about Blues Brothers. We didn't talk about Dan Aykroyd on it, <laughs> to my memory. No, I think so. Um, I hate to... I don't know how to say this without being sounding offensive. Is Dan Aykroyd funny? You, it's hard to say. You can't say uh, no. You can't say he's not funny because the guy is behind classics. He's behind yeah. Ghostbusters. He's yeah. behind Blues Brothers. He's behind Celtic Pride, the movie that he wrote and starred in with Daniel Stern, directed by John Apatow. Never heard day. of this movie. Yeah. He's behind <laughs> Nothing But Trouble. Nothing But he Trouble. He directed that one. Which he did direct and which is the ugliest film ever committed <laughs> to celluloid. He created Soul Man, a show that I'm not familiar <laughs> with. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with. It's, um, I, think, I think on SNL... Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He was funny. He coined the phrase, Jan, you ignorant sluts. Yeah. Very funny stuff. Yes. He could play straight man. He could play authority figure. He could play wacky lunatic. I mean, he's one of the wild and crazy guys. Yeah. And he's also the freaking weekend update, you know, point counterpoint guy with 
with freaking Jan. You know, Jan, yeah. And it's like the guy had the talent. He was kind of like the Phil Hartman of mm. the original Not Ready for Primetime yeah. players. But in movies, do I give a single solitary <laughs> flying toss about watching this guy on screen? No. Yeah. I don't think he's watchable on screen. Oh, watchable. I don't know. He's just not exciting on in films. You know who would have been you know, this is a wild a wild one. I'm Crazy guy. <laughs> I would have liked to see Steve Martin play the yeah, other character. Exactly. That would have been funnier. And I would have, I was going to say before you said one crazy guy, I would have liked to see John Lithgow play the other character. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just anyone. I think, but Steve Martin would have been perfect foil opposite yeah. Eddie Murphy in this. I think so. I think they, did they ever do anything together? No. Bowfinger. I think Eddie Murphy was... Bowfinger. Um, Bowfinger, yeah, true. Yeah. One of the greats. Yeah, one of the great movies. One of the great Frank Oz movies, um, which I can't find anywhere, by the way. Oh, really? It's not available, I don't think, anywhere. Mm, anyway. Frank Oz is in this movie. Maybe we should have asked him we while watching it. <laughs> yeah. Watched it. Um, yeah, I think I would have preferred a Steve Martin version. It would have been way more enjoyable to watch. He, yeah. he can play snob in a way that we are already laughing at him when he's being a yeah. prick. Whereas Dan Aykroyd, he's quite a good actor, mm. but that doesn't mean he's funny doing Yeah, this. he's a good actor. Like, and I'm he's... watching him, I'm like, I hate him. I hate this guy. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, I'm supposed to, but I'm also supposed to like him and, and care about And when you're trying, his, when he's on the downtrod, you're meant to kind of start feeling for yeah. him. But it's hard to feel for him. I didn't, because he went too dark, too quick, and yeah. too evil almost straight away. I did think it was funny when he dressed up as Santa Claus and like took everyone hostage. And I think one of the... I don't know if this moment was funny, but it's a moment I liked is when he steals like a giant piece of smoked smoked salmon from the banquet that he tries to take hostage and he's eating it on the train or the bus. I can't remember what public mm. transport it is. And he's eating it through the beard and he's mainly <laughs> eating this shitty Santa Claus beard instead of the salmon. Yeah. There was something about that that I was like, that's a funny choice. It's funny. The guy's, we have to say he's funny. You can't not say he's funny. But I think he's obsessed with ugliness in a way that I don't click with, you know? Yeah. Like, nothing but trouble. Have you ever seen Nothing But Trouble? I have fuse. It is hideous. It's (laughs) It's, so gross. Doesn't he have a penis nose in the movie? Yeah, the character that he plays, his nose looks like exactly like a dick. (laughs) I've seen pictures of Nothing But Trouble, but I'm too scared to watch it. It's just, like, ugly. He loves this, like, grotesquerie, which is kind of like, you know, a lot of people do. Sasha Baron Cohen also is, like, a grotesque clown. But I don't know. There's something about him that's, like, Likeable, but I think Dan Aykroyd just doesn't quite have that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say because we will have to uncover some Dan Aykroyd stuff. I think we will have to talk some Dan Aykroyd films. I'm dreading it. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We got to watch Soul Man. We got to watch Nothing But Trouble. I'm so not. I'm not ready for it. Oh, I don't. I don't know. It, it's it's just. A, it, he's just. A, he's an icon, and his his influence on comedy is undoubtable. And his love, the people, the love that people had for him in this era is undoubtable. But I don't know. What else did you like about this movie? Jamie Lee Curtis. She's one she's of the best great. ever. I really like her. She's awesome. She's a great actor. I like her in anything. And this was kind of a weird one for her, I think, because um, I don't think she'd done many comedies mm, up to this, this point. This is pre-Wanda. Yeah, yeah. So she was kind of mostly known for the Scream Queen stuff she did in the 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And maybe a couple of dramas, I guess. But this is like her first kind of comedy role. And I think she's... It sets the tone of what she will later do with A Fish Called Wanda, where she is the, like, I guess the comedy femme fatale. She's, like, smarter than everybody. And she can hold her own. She can match wits. Yeah, and she's great at using her sexual charisma for manipulation of stupid men. Yes. And I think Mm. that is really fun in this movie. It's even better in A Fish Called Wanda. It's way way better in A Fish Called Wanda. A Fish Called Wanda is a better movie. A Fish Called Wanda is like one of the true five-star movies in cinema, in my opinion. It stars your favorite actor of all time. Yeah. Mr. Kevin Klein. Thank you, Kevin Klein is the only actor that I think I like more than Mike Myers. Yeah. I'd probably say my favorite actors right now, Kevin Klein, Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, probably my three favorite actors. Really? Yeah, they should have got Kevin Klein in a Shrek movie. I'd be fucking eating shit all day. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Klein, one 
<laughs> I can't believe he won an Oscar for that movie. Well, he's amazing. He's so funny. It's so good. But when does that happen? When, like, when does that well, ever happen? Well, it happened two times for this movie, the BAFTAs this year. Mm. One, won by Jamie Lee Curtis, Best Supporting Actress for Trading Places. Wow, okay. BAFTAs also awarded... Best Supporting Actor to Denim Elliott for this film, Trading Places. He won a BAFTA. He won a BAFTA, the British Academy of Film Award. He's good. He's nothing. But he's barely in this movie. (laughs) I don't know why. I can't see. Was it a year where there were no supporting roles (laughs) in films? How come Eddie Murphy never won an Oscar? I mean, the guy is so fucking good. I think we will have to cover that later on because mm. I think there is a definitive answer to why Eddie Murphy never won an Oscar. I know what you're going to say, and yeah, I guess we will get to that later on. But I mean, even for his earlier stuff, how come he was never even in a in the conversation? Do people just think he was too? I think base comedy, too- comedy. You, there's not very, very little respect for comedy. I mean. Kevin Klein is one of the few actors that won an Oscar for a broad, yeah. out there comedic performance. Who else is there? I mean, uh, Melissa McCarthy was nominated. Yeah, for Bridesmaids, did not win. Yeah. There's um, very few. I would say probably funniest Oscar winning performance out there, Heath Ledger as the Joker. I mean, he's a professional comedian the in the movie. The guy is a comedian. <laughs> the guy is funny. He's a clown. You see him up there on screen, you're cacking it up big yeah, time. Yeah, he's funny as shit. The guy he's has He's making so those little vine vids with the guy dangling upside so down. So funny, so good. Joker was the first vine star. He was, definitely. I love it when he makes that pencil disappear. <laughs> Where great. does it go? <laughs> it's like, where does it even go? Where does what it go? Drink. And what's that guy doing on the ground? Get what? up. Get up, man. Have Enjoy a laugh. Enjoy the trip. <laughs> You're part of the joke. Yeah, it's really cool. And then it's kind of, that's it. Like, you know, I think uh, Sacha Baron Cohen should have won for Borat. I don't know what was happening <laughs> that year where he might, I don't think he was nominated. He was nominated for Best Screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. It just, it ne- they never get the recognition. Comedy gets no respect in the words of the greatest comedian of all time. Robin Williams, <laughs> who, famously who did stole an impression of <laughs> he stole a joke from from Rodney Dangerfield, from Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. yeah, and did an impression of him, and yeah. it was better than the original. <laughs> <laughs> That's his charm, man. He could do it. Robin had those twinkly eyes, man. Robin, I mean, Eddie Murphy is like popping in this movie. Yeah. He's so he's good. so funny. How old would he have been? Like 23, 24? Yeah, like that. around that. He'd be like 20 years old. He was so young. Yeah, he rules. He's great. I wish the movie was just all him. I wish there was no Dan in it. And I wish there was no gorilla rape in it. I know. Other than that, then I would be able to get on board with everyone and say this is a classic. If it was just Arthur with Eddie yes, as Arthur. Yes, please. That's all I want. Yeah. That's all I want. Can we just remake Arthur, but fuck Dudley Moore off? And fuck Russell Brand off, please? Yeah, and get, get Eddie Murphy in both the original and the fucking remake well, of is, Arthur. Have you ever seen Bruce's Millions? Uh, is that with Richard Pryor? Yeah, the late great. Yeah. Richard Pryor. It's the same sort of thing. He's like a poor guy who then gets... He has like a day to spend... Yeah. $5 million or something like that. And then he will inherit a greater sum of money. Yeah. I just want to watch that. Like an average... Eddie Murphy, poor guy who then all of a sudden becomes a millionaire. Yeah. And has to deal with being in this world now. Because I kind of liked those sequences where his personality starts to change. Mm. And you see him like, at first he's really lavish with his money and he's showing off. Yeah. And then he has a party and he's like... Gets sick of gets it. Gets pissed at everybody, like disrespecting his new house. Yeah, exactly. That he's only had for like a day. Yeah. I love, like all that stuff would be great over a 90 minute movie. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who gives a shit. Not me, really, to be honest. I did. I am glad that I rewatched this movie though, because I think the good does outweigh the bad, but that bad is heavy shit. Like, there's enough good stuff in this movie for it to be worth watching, but that last half hour is horrendous. Last time I watched it, I got so angry mm. that I like wanted to post about it online. Yeah. And then I read there's already a lot of think pieces and yeah. articles out there that are like, this movie is fucking vile. Yeah. <laughs> and the last half hour of this movie totally undoes the first 90 minutes of it. Like, it's people it's already tall, think this. It's a two-hour comedy as well. Yeah, it's too long. But comedy should be six seconds. Yeah. 
<laughs> like vines. Comedy should be vine That's why Logan Paul is the funniest cunt that ever lives. Oh my god. Let's remake Trading Places with Logan Paul. And Logan Paul in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be it. And we set it in the suicide forest and it <laughs> fucking goes off. <laughs> well, that goes the, fucking viral. I, it would go absolutely viral. It's vile stuff, if you ask me. <laughs> uh, well, that I think that wraps up our conversation. Is this one of Murphy's flaws, or is this part of his ascension? I think it's part of his ascension. He has nothing to do with why this movie is a flaw. But yeah. I don't like this movie, and everything I just said about how I want to see. Eddie Murphy being rich, I just realised we're going to get in the next movie that yeah. we're talking about, which is... I'm not going to spoil how I feel about it, but fuck it. Yeah, I am. It's better. <laughs> it's a much better movie, in my opinion, as well. Mm. We're going to be talking about Coming to America next week, which is a later part in Eddie's career where he's kind of responding to a lot of criticisms to his first post-career, where he's not as hot-headed. Mm. He is playing a romantic lead in a romantic comedy mm-hmm. and... He, it is less about him being brash and more about the movie as a whole, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of the times where he's, it truly feels like Eddie Murphy is collaborating with people in the film. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about it. Me too. I cannot wait. So join us next week back here on Mic Check Season 2, colon, Murphy's Floor, <laughs> for another episode about coming to America, directed by John Landis once again. Hey, babies, before you go, next Monday, August 20, I'm going to be doing my show again at the Enmore Theatre. Tickets are selling pretty quick, um, but I'd love you guys to get in. I've set up a little discount code for horny babies. Oh, baby, what is it? If you go onto the website and click purchase and then use the code YEAHBABY, all one word, you'll get two for one tickets. Hell yeah. I'm recording it for an album so you can come and laugh with your buddy and everything will be so good. Laugh with your buddy. Everything will be so good. That's my catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us, guys. If you liked what you heard, give us five stars on iTunes. And in your review, let us know what you'd like our next super-specific actor-based spin-off podcast to be. For example, it could be Cruise Control, where we talk about Tom Cruise's control on his films, which is one that we almost did (laughs) instead of Mike Check Season (laughs) 2. We'll see you soon, babies. Bye. Bye. It's my check. It's my check.